This is a Queensland Department of Education podcast, proudly sponsored by Teachers Mutual Bank, the bank founded by teachers for teachers. This podcast is for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice offered is general financial advice only, and it doesn't take into account your objectives, financial situation or needs. Because of this, you should consider if the advice is appropriate before acting. If you do choose to buy a financial product, read the product disclosure statement and obtain appropriate financial advice tailored to your needs. Scams and fraud are on the rise in Australia. They are getting increasingly sophisticated and can be very hard to detect. Despite warnings, frequent media coverage and the work of various agencies and businesses, Australians are losing more money than ever, currently in the vicinity of $2 billion a year to scams. I'm Virginia from the Department of Education and joining me is Michelle Oliver from the Fraud Department of Teachers Mutual Bank. Michelle is here to help us understand what to look out for when it comes to scams. Welcome, Michelle. Thanks for having me, Virginia. This is such an important issue for people to be aware of. I'm really thankful for the opportunity to get this message out. So, Michelle, I touched on the enormity of this issue, but could you explain how it has become such a big issue? Surely something can be done about it. I think it's really important to start by understanding that these scams are often run by organised crime. This isn't just some small-scale individuals stealing someone's credit cards or selling something that doesn't exist even though that does happen. These are large criminal professional enterprises who are getting increasingly sophisticated at how they go about it. And the people that work within these criminal organisations are professionals who are highly skilled at stealing money through fraud, deception and manipulation. They're highly opportunistic and with all the stress and change of the recent years with COVID and natural disasters, financial pressures combined with an increasing reliance on the internet It's creating a perfect environment for these criminals to prosper. Unfortunately, it's a growth industry and definitely not the kind of industry we want at all, let alone growing. That does sound quite frightening. How have they become so successful and what can we do to protect ourselves? Manipulation of people's emotions is really where a lot of scammers shine. Whether it's appealing to a person's desire to make money or to not be lonely and have companionship or to misrepresent themselves as an authority or even someone you love who is in trouble. Scammers have multiple ways of getting people on the hook. And once on the hook, they know how to manipulate and get people off balance so they aren't thinking clearly enough to recognise the risks. They have a lot of tricks, like creating a sense of urgency. If you don't do this today, you'll miss out on something or something dire will happen. Or they could be trawling social media looking for clues around if you're busy, travelling or even children's names. They can pick up on the smallest bits of information and use it against you to their advantage. I can't reinforce enough the importance of not getting into demands or requests immediately. Take a moment, walk away, put down the phone, call a trusted friend or family member. Even check some websites including Scamwatch or cyber.gov.au. Stepping away and taking time to think and gather information is a great way to avoid getting sucked into a scam, which is why scammers will try to manipulate you to ensure you don't do that. 
They want you making quick, rushed, emotionally charged decisions and it works for them, not you. Thanks, Michelle. I'll list those websites in the transcript. Can you give us some examples of current popular scams? Of course. But how about we give your listeners a chance to work out how scam savvy they already are while we do so? Okay, this sounds interesting. So you decide to sell some of the things your kids about growing on Facebook Marketplace. You get a good offer from someone and they pay via credit card, but they pay even more than you agreed. They contact you and explain they made a mistake and ask you to refund the excess by an online banking transfer to their account. So, Virginia, do you think that you should send them the money? I don't think so. It sounds a bit dodgy to me. (laughs) Great pickup. Overpayment scams are very common. At the heart of them, the original payment is usually cancelled, so you don't receive that money in the end, and you've also lost the money you sent them. And you've lost the items you were selling if you have already sent them. So make sure you never refund money to a different account or through a wire transfer. And don't be afraid to tell people you'll need to wait a couple of days until the funds have cleared before you'll send them anything or take any action. Now, how about you get a call from someone professing to be your IT department and they need to take over access to your computer to install some new security software and scan to ensure you don't have any viruses. Do you give them access? Is this someone I know from work? No, he says he's just joined and he works remotely so he hasn't been able to meet you yet. Well, I have had to give IT remote access before, but I'm not too sure about this case scenario. I can see you've got good instincts. You should definitely not give remote access then and there. It's very likely a scammer who's trying to gain access to your bank accounts and other important information that you have. Once they access these, they can access any site where you've saved your passwords in your browser. If there's a chance it's a colleague, it's okay to hang up and go and check the internal directory or send a message to your help desk. They'll be glad you're playing it safe. Some scams seem like they could expose us to greater losses than others. What are some of the more serious scams we should be on the lookout for, particularly around our banking and finances? It's a great point, Virginia. Not all scams have the same potential impact. Some might steal from you. Others would potentially take your entire savings. Others can steal your identity and that can have devastating impacts for years. That said, it's important to remember that for some people, losing a few hundred dollars is as devastating to them as losing 10 times more money to someone else. So it's important we stay vigilant and report even the smaller scales and don't just write it off to experience. That aside, banking scams are increasingly common and you don't want your banking information to get into the hands of the wrong people. There are a couple of things to be on the lookout for. Phishing, that's with a PH, and spoofing. Phishing is where you get a spoofed email or message pretending to be from your bank or someone like Australia Post or the ATO that encourages you to provide sensitive data that will be used to access your accounts or steal your identity. The messages are linked to spoofed websites that could even look like your bank's website, but you have a slightly different address. So never click on a link in an email or message that is asking you for sensitive information. If your bank is asking you to do something, type your bank's online banking address into your browser and access your app directly, not through the link. And there are a few other things you can look for. Hover over a link to see what the underlying address is. 
look for slight discrepancies in the address. Spelling errors and grammar errors can be another giveaway as addressing you by your proper name. But some scammers are so sophisticated now, they've stopped making the obvious errors. So if in doubt, don't respond to the email. Find an alternative way to contact them by using a verified and reputable contact method, not from the email, and ask a company representative about the email. Thanks for the tips to protect yourself and your money. But what about people who are looking to make money? How do they keep themselves safe from some of the investment scams we hear about? So investment scams are another area of incredible growth and sophistication. There are so many variations too. Government bonds, cryptocurrency, real estate, no investment type is immune. The scammers are very organised, even down to the fact they have set up fake websites and email addresses to catch people out. Investing money always comes with risk, but these days you need to be extra careful that you are actually investing and not just giving your money over to a criminal. Email addresses from investment companies or any firm that's serious will come from a registered domain address, but even these can be spoofed. I recently helped a member who sent me an email supposedly from an investment company in Sydney. I investigated and found out that the person no longer works for the company and had left six months ago, but the email looked to be from him at his old workplace address. Another member carried out all transactions online and when he asked if he could meet with the person face-to-face, the deal went sour and communication was abruptly halted. So all that glitters is not gold. Remember, if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. But it doesn't have to be an exaggerated claim to make it fraud. Do your homework. Don't just take the phone numbers these people give you as gospel. Try to find them another way and contact them via that avenue. Meet them in person if you can, but even then, they may still be scammers. Go to a reputable company who deals with investments. Don't just delve into the world without prior knowledge. Get a second opinion from a professional in the field who can help you check they have the right licenses and verify them with any parent company they claim. Go to the ASIC website, the ACCC as well. They have a lot of information on their website. Check ASIC's offer list database. ASIC connects professional registers. Money smarts companies you should not deal with. International Organization of Securities Commission, the IOSCO, Investor Alerts, and also Money Smarts, Fake Regulators and Exchanges. Can we just check them online? Can you just go to the website and check them or do you have to register or is it different for each one? No, you can just, you can just go to the websites and, and check them. Okay, great. That makes it a bit easier. So in general, what are some good tips to remember? So first off, question everything. If something sounds too good to be true, it probably is. Police, the ATO, won't ask you to buy and send gift cards. Create a secret code word with your family. If they ever need to ask you for help, you can ask for the magic word. If they can't give it to you or try to argue why you shouldn't, then you know it's not them. Second, your data and online identity is a precious commodity. Treat it carefully and with great respect. Protect the privacy of your personal information because there are scammers out there trawling for personal data they can steal and use for financial gain. If someone is pressuring you to make a quick decision or if someone is manipulating you through pleas for immediate help, especially if that help is financial, don't do anything until you've had a chance to talk it through. Take a moment, 
walk away, put down the phone, call a trusted friend or family member, check websites, including some of the great government sites. Stepping away and taking time to think and gather information is a great way to avoid getting sucked into a scam. And if the worst does happen and if you do fall for something and your financial details have been compromised, call your bank immediately. You also may want to stop your credit card. You mentioned creating a secret code for family members. Is that for those WhatsApp scams that I've heard about in the media? Yes, the WhatsApp or the Hi Mum scams that some people refer to them as, where your so-called daughter or son will contact you via WhatsApp on a different number and say they have lost their phone, or some people have even said their phone's gone down the toilet um, and they need to send money or pay a bill quickly. So the only way that you can really verify that it is your son or daughter is perhaps with a secret code word. What about using your credit card for payment rather than direct debit if you're not sure? So using your credit card or your Visa debit card is a much better way of payment, specifically because those particular companies have chargeback rules that we can use if a payment goes astray or you don't get the goods or services that you want. If you give someone your VSB and account number, it's much harder to get that money back. It sounds like we have to be constantly vigilant about scams. We do. Well, thank you for your time, Michelle. It's really interesting to hear all about those scams. It's quite terrifying, actually. I'm always quite paranoid about it. But thank you for your time and thanks for telling us all about them. No worries. Thank you, Virginia. Thank you very much. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. We need to remind listeners that this podcast is for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice offered is general financial advice only and doesn't take into account your objectives, financial situation or needs. Because of this, you should consider if the advice is appropriate before acting. If you do choose to buy a financial product, read the product disclosure statement and obtain appropriate financial advice tailored to your needs. You have been listening to a Queensland Department of Education podcast. The Department of Education acknowledges the traditional owners of the lands from across Queensland. We pay our respects to the elders past and present. They hold the memories, the traditions, the culture and hopes of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples.